Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I absolutely love this church, and I love that all is God, God is doing here, and so I still don't, don't, can't believe all I get to do to be a part of God here uh, at Journey of Faith. So thank you all so much for that. And I'm excited to join you all today. Thank you for being here at Manhattan Beach. Uh, we're also connected over to Torrance. I love that we can be together. And there are a lot of you that also are still watching online. Um, so thank you for joining us, making church part of your weekend today. Uh, I get to do the third week of this series, Faith Under Construction, where we have been looking at who we can be as we build our faith and as we pursue a connection to God. Because who we are in that process really can make a difference uh, in the longevity uh, and the depth of our faith. And so for the last couple of weeks, we've looked at the characteristics of humility and curiosity. And today we're going to continue adding to that list with this characteristic, faithfulness. Now you should have faithfulness in building your faith. Faithfulness says, I'm going to stick with it when it's harder than I ever imagined it could be, when I don't understand it at all, when no one around me seems to get what I'm doing. I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to do the next right thing. Now, this characteristic of faithfulness, it actually reminded me of a story of something I went through in college. Now, in college, I won this prize, and part of the prize package was a physical fitness um, reward, right? So I had a personal trainer who was going to set up a couple of sessions for us to work out together, and then also he was going to develop a fitness plan for me. Right? And so all of this was going to take place at the brand new state-of-the-art gym at my college campus. Now, I had been inside the gym um, for my physical education requirement. Uh, it was a class that was called Walking Fitness. And as I worked out around the track each week, I saw the equipment. It was new and shiny and cool looking, and I didn't know how to use it at all. And so I didn't. So this really ha was an opportunity for me to change my life in this area. Now, on the first day that I met the uh, personal trainer, he said, what are your fitness goals? And I was like, what? I was like, um, don't look like a fool today. And he was like, okay, we can work with that. Let's set up some goals for you so that you can actually be growing in this area. So he did set those for me. And then we went out onto the equipment so he could get a baseline for my physicality. Now, there wasn't a low enough baseline for me. I did not finish the assessment. Because as he was having me do squats with a very heavy ball over my head, I almost passed out. So he took me back to his office. He gave me his banana that he had brought for the day. And I was completely humiliated. But I stuck with it, right? I went back to the gym. I went back to those sessions. I learned how to use the equipment. And after a couple of times together, he delivered me this fitness guide to accomplish my goals. And he sent me on my way. So I took it back to my dorm and I put it on the bookshelf. And then I moved home for summer and it was never seen again. I never worked out on the equipment at the gym. What a waste. I had everything I needed to take steps in this direction, but I lacked the follow through. 
I lacked the ability to stick with it. And when I think back, it was probably because that future goal felt so far away. I knew it was going to take so much work to get there, and I just didn't have it in me. So have you ever been there before where you know you need to do something, you know you need to stick with it or move forward, but you just don't? And why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why we don't, right? We lacked trust in the process. We've been disappointed or hurt in the past. Um, We're afraid of failing. We don't want to step out and try. We're just tired. We're just tired of all of it. And we cannot find the motivation within ourselves to keep going. But what happens is um, these life experiences, they become something that begins to influence the way we build our faith. And when that happens, when our faith is influenced, it can become more complicated and harder to understand what is the next thing I need to do to step forward in my faith. So when you come to that moment of, of what to do next, that's where this characteristic of faithfulness really needs to come into play. Leaning into faithfulness will help you move forward in accomplishing whatever goal that might be. So how do we do it? Do we have a guide? Do we have something that can help us with our faithfulness as we build our faith? Well, we do. And I can't wait to tell you about it and hopefully help you see how this idea can really be something that encourages and builds your faith. So here's our main idea for today. We can build our faith by seeing God's faithful love for us in the Bible. Now, the Bible is different than a physical fitness guide in that it doesn't give you every single specific step that you can take to accomplish your goal. It actually gives more of a general direction forward that sends you toward connecting with God. Uh, I love the way that this one Bible writer uh, described it in the book of Psalm. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I really love this mental picture because it does imply there is a road ahead of us. We should be moving forward. And as we take those steps along that path, God's word and God's faithfulness shows us the way. When our circumstances and our life feel very dark and we don't know what is next, that is where the Bible can give us wisdom and perspective to move forward. And as we do this, uh, it goes from our circumstances influencing our faith into our faith influencing our circumstances, which is a really big shift. So today we're going to look at some advice from Jesus that he gives to some of his first followers, as well as we're going to look at the whole story of the Bible and how God's faithfulness throughout history can encourage us in our faithfulness as well. So first let's start with that advice from Jesus. It comes from here in the Bible. It's John 15, 9 through 11. Now, at this point in Jesus' life, he is about to be betrayed and put to death. And so he gathers his closest friends and followers, and he's giving them a bit of final advice on how to stay faithful to their faith when he is not with them anymore. He won't be physically present, and he wants to spur them on in their faith. So this is what Jesus says. 
remain in my love. When you obey my commandments and you remain in my love, just as I obeyed my father's commandments and remain in his love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So Jesus is telling them this, and he's saying, remain in my love. Now, he's not saying, sit tight, stay put, don't go anywhere. He's saying, as you go out, as you carry forward this message, stay connected to me. Stick with me and bring me with you. Right? And he's telling them this because for the last three years, they were with Jesus, learning from his teachings, following his example, doing courageous and amazing things. And all of that was about to change. They were going to face persecution. And they were going to face a suffering and hardship that they had never experienced before. And so God is saying, stay with me because it will end in a place of joy. And how? How do we do this? Well, Jesus doesn't say, get it exactly right, do, do everything perfectly, and make sure you call one another out when they don't. Right? Jesus isn't saying, get it perfect. Jesus is saying, follow my example. I followed the direction of God's guidance in my life, and I stayed in his love. And you can continue in faithfulness by doing the same thing. He's saying, let's find the message of God's love, his direction and guidance in the Bible, and use that to grow our faith. And here's one way you can do it. Discover that the main message of scripture is God's faithful love. Now, as you pursue truth and as you pursue faith, God's love is so foundational. And God's love is best seen through the life, death, resurrection, and returning of Jesus. Now, that is what we call the gospel. And last week, Alex, he mentioned that the gospel is the most important part of our faith. So today, I get to spend a little bit more time unpacking the gospel so that we can really clearly see that God has been faithful all along. So we're going to break up the gospel into these four parts. Creation, the fall, redemption, and completion. So we start at creation, right? Before anything existed. There was only God. And so God brings about beauty and order and life. And he makes the first humans. And through his creation, he gives them purpose and connection and invites them into his creation. And not only that, he says, I will be there with you in it. Because if you've ever experienced a creation with the one who made it, it is so much richer and satisfying. So God said, I will be with you in this every single day. But God also know that to love is a choice. So God gave the first humans, named Adam and Eve, the choice to love him most or not. To find satisfaction in him or not. To find fulfillment in him or not. And unfortunately, they chose not. 
And in that choice, it moves us to the next stage of the gospel, the fall. Now, we call it the fall because in that choice to put themselves above God's design, they fell from grace or they fell out of favor with God. And in that moment and in that decision, they set up this pattern that's gone on throughout human history where we all believe, I can do this on my own. Apart from God, we try to find the things that he designed us to receive from him. And so a life with sin and separation from God, it only leads to emptiness. It leads to disappointment. It leads to just discouragement. And it's hopeless. And it's really, it's a sad existence. And at that point, God could have said, never mind. I'm out of here. This is not what it's cracked up to be. But he doesn't. Instead, he gives them a promise. He says, I promise I will make this right. I promise that our relationship will be restored. And not because you earn your way back, not because you suddenly become worthy of my love, nothing that you could do on your own, but because I love you, I will make a way, a way that's hard for us to fathom and a way that proves the depths of God's love for us. And that moves us into this next phase, redemption. Now, in redemption, this is part of God's plan where he reconciles the broken relationship between himself and mankind. The plan was always to send Jesus to come into the world, to live a life where he modeled perfect love for God and for everyone, a life where he lived in absolute perfect obedience so that when Jesus died on the cross, it canceled the debt that was owed because of the sin in the garden and the sin that has been perpetuated throughout human history. Jesus' love, he makes it right. Through believing in him, we become whole, We become forgiven. We are redeemed. We are invited to live a life of freedom and of joy. And that's not it. That's not the end of the gospel because our last step is completion. Now, this step is at the end of time, at the end of all of us. Jesus promised, I will be back again. And when I come back again, all will be made right forever. For those of you who put your faith in Jesus, you live in perfect relationship, perfect harmony with God in his creation, exactly as God originally intended for it to be. There will be more joy, more satisfaction, more connection, more peace, more anything that you could ever imagine. Now, do you see that in each part of the gospel message, the main theme of it is God's faithful love? God's faithful love is a main attitude of God throughout Scripture, but even more than that, faithfulness is who God is. One Bible writer in the book of 2 Timothy said it this way, If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. God is faithful. God will be who he says he is going to be. 
God will do what he says he's going to do. He will never change that. And if that's encouraging to you, or if that's something that you want to know more about, this God who loves you, or the promises that he has for you, the best place to find that is right here in the Bible. So here's your action step for this week. This week, let the Bible help you reflect on God's faithfulness. Now, this Bible, similarly to the fitness guide that was given to me, can feel really overwhelming, right? To look at this and say, all of it? I got to read all of it and understand all of it and apply all of it? That in and of itself can be a barrier of you moving forward and trying to understand this book. So the encouragement that I have for you today is just start right where you are. Now, for some of us, that'll be... um, I've never read the Bible before. I may not have a Bible, right? So if you're in that spot, I want to encourage you, read one verse a day. And there's this really great resource out there. It's a free app on your phone that you could download at any time, or you can access it here at Bible.com. And every day, this app picks one verse for you to hear, for you to read, for you to think about how it impacts your life and to pray through maybe how you could grow your faith. So start with one verse. Or maybe you have um, become a little bit more familiar with the Bible, but you want to see how the whole thing works together. So there's another really great resource out there called The Bible Project. Uh, And what this resource does is it explains each book of the Bible uh, generally and how they all work together. So you really can come to a fuller understanding of who God is and how he's always been at work. So I'd encourage you to try out the Bible Project. Um, Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and you actually have quite a bit of highlighted verses in your Bible. But maybe you're at a place where the faithfulness of God's love doesn't impact you like it used to. Or maybe you have new circumstances where you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust God with this one. And what I want to encourage you to do is go back to maybe some of those old habits. And as you pick the Bible up and read again, ask that God would show up in a real way so that you would understand his faithfulness and you would move closer to a place of trust and surrender any of those spaces that you don't know that you can give those over to God. Now, as we do this process, it leads us into building our faith and trusting in God. But more than that, it gives us the ability to know how to live our lives each day. And here's how. You can use the gospel as a filter for your life. What if you started to use the gospel as you think through your job, your relationships, your decisions, your experiences, anything that you're going through, how can you use the gospel lens as a thought filter to process those experiences to move you to a place of knowing the next right thing to do? So today we're going to walk through this process to try to understand how this idea of the gospel can truly impact all of us. So I'm just going to set up a very general scenario that's not about anyone specifically in this room. Okay. (laughs) Let's say you're very overburdened. You are overextended. Because as you look around to the people around you, you think, I'm not measuring up. They can clearly do it all, and I can't do it all, so I must be flawed. 
I'll never catch up. I'm at a deficit because I can't do it the way they all do. And so the solution to that is like, I'll just try harder and I'll just add more. And so I have no time for my family, myself, growing my faith, and it's just an exhausting place. So that's our scenario, right? So now let's walk through this idea of how the gospel can impact that. So the first step is creation, right? In this step, you lay the foundation of your experience in God. So you can ask questions like, what is the purpose of this, and how is it good and helpful to moving me closer to God? So in this phase, you could say, um, God designed you to do wonderful things. He gave you an amazing brain that can problem solve, that can multitask, that can be creative and come up with things, that can connect with others and accomplish more, right? You are wonderful in design. And you can use all that you do for the good of God and for the good of the people around you. Okay, but next we're in this phase of the fall. So the questions here are what is making it hard right now and has sin moved into my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions? So when you look here, you begin to see that, um, you, you begin to see everything that everybody else has and you become so preoccupied and you measure yourself up against other people uh, and the solution of that becomes try harder, do more, earn more, be more impressive, right? And we add on these expectations to ourselves and then those things become our identity. Those things become what we're living for. And it can even get us to a place of just exhaustion and unhealth as we strive to make the wrong things the most important things to us. Now, that is so sad. But it doesn't stop there, right? Then you can move into the space of redemption. And you can say, how has God given me the power and ability to work through this? How can God bring goodness? Now in this one, as you're striving for all these things that seem so important, you can be re-centered in saying, God's opinion of me is the only one that matters. I can't do more to make God love me more. Which means that in my weaknesses and in my shortcomings and in my failures, he doesn't love me less. Your value is wholly made up in God's faithful love for you And so from that place of God's love, you bring that weakness to him. You bring that sorrow to him. And the Bible promises he will give rest. He can help you reset. He can remind you of what matters most. And then that last step of future hope and completion. How can I keep my perspective on the future promise that God will make everything right? Now one day... None of this earth stuff matters at all. Even right now, 100 years from now, nothing matters but your relationship with God. And we can rest in the future hope that one day our proximity to God will help us to live in the perfect pace. We will be fully satisfied by our worship of him. Right, so as you walk through that process, what's the next step? Well, it could be simply writing down what's most important to you. With all of this in mind, what's important to you? What's important to your family? Who do you want to be? What are the main goals for you? 
And as you write down those most important things, you evaluate then, what am I doing? And if anything that I'm doing is keeping me from accomplishing the most important things, you stop doing it. And if you can't stop because it's a real responsibility or something that you have to keep doing, ask for help. Um, Set some boundaries so that you're not stuck in this cycle of wearing yourself out. Right? This pattern of thinking, I walked through it so fast just for the sake of demonstration. But when you walk through it, take your time. Pray about it. Think, be introspective. Really do the work that might lead to conviction or even a decision that you need to make. And so here's your action item. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down one area of your life through this filter. Creation, the fall, redemption, and completion. And and the goal of this would be that as you use this as a thought filter, it would remind you so much of God's faithfulness and your trust in him would grow so that it would become clear that you would know what's next to do and do it. I want to share a story with you right now of someone from our church um, who had this kind of perspective of God's faithful love and a future hope that saw them through some really difficult circumstances. So watch this with me. My name is Gudelia, and I want to just talk a little bit about something miraculous and amazing that God's done in our lives. When I got married, uh, moved to the South Bay, of course, like every other family, wanted to start a family, so we continued to try to uh, create that for our family, and it wasn't working. So we went to in vitro, and we ended up um, having Adrian. But a lot of times when you have fertility treatments, sometimes you just get pregnant right away again so we said let's try it real fast make sure we can get another one and we got our daughter Darkel and we just went through life like if it was the perfect fairy tale story and then one day she started to get symptoms of a stomach flu so I went to the doctor and the doctor's like it could be just uh, acid reflux or um, Bell's palsy so they gave her some medication but in my heart I knew it was something that was a little bit more than that and I took her straight to Children's Hospital a couple weeks later and we went into the emergency room she wasn't walking very well anymore so she was in a stroller and they just said you know your daughter has a tumor and she has cancer and then after that Uh, We went through two rounds of high-dose chemotherapy. And at the end of each each, um, chemotherapy, we would do a scan, and it it wouldn't be good news. In the last scan, they said that the tumor was growing and it wasn't getting any smaller. She passed away on a Saturday morning. And uh, we were all very sad, of course, and we had our, our good moments and bad moments. Even though I have grief, God allows me to have those moments of like, I'm sad, but then realize what I have. And he quickly showed me that he was in control. We thought about having more children. And every once in a while, my son would say he misses his sister. So I said, you know what? You need to start praying because the only way you're gonna get a sister is if you pray to God. And of course, he's a journey of faith already. He's praying at school and he's 
doing all this and I'm just like amazed by his ability to pray and lo and behold, I'm pregnant. So then Estella was born on July 29th, 2022 and we were just blown away and we are just so grateful to God for what he's done. None of this is my story, but it's God's story. Every time I doubted, I just said, God, you're in control and just guide me in the way that you find best. And he did. I think that journey somehow has been like <laughs> just attached to us. And I think God has put us here to grow, to um, reconnect with ourselves and reconnect with God and just, just putting beautiful people around us. And that's our journey family. to look into this story with Estella in mind and see God's faithfulness in their story, but I don't want the joy of that, the joy of her to keep us from missing the part when they were right in the middle of it, when her prayer was, God, you're in control, just guide me, just guide me in the direction that you think is best. And sometimes that's all we can do is that simple prayer, just guide me. Whatever your doubt, whatever, whatever your health, whatever your situation, whatever you're in, just get yourself to the space that says, God, just guide me. Now, a couple years back, I was in just a place that was very devastating feeling. And I knew that God was faithful, but I was having a hard time finding him in the circumstances. And then I found a song. Now, this song was sung by a Scandinavian royal in the 1800s uh, when they had just lost their last family member. And so this is how they describe that feeling. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold. This is empty. This is numb. The life I knew is over. The lights are out. Hello, darkness. I am ready to succumb. Have you ever been there? And then later in the song, they offer this hope forward. I won't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take. But break it down to this next breath, this next step, this next choice is one I can make. Take a step and step again. It's all I came to do. The next right thing. Now, this might be a familiar song to some, some of you because you've seen the movie Frozen 2. <laughs> You're realizing, oh, that was Princess Anna. Princess Anna sang that song. And I know she's a cartoon, and I know it's a made-up story, but really, <laughs> that message of that song, that is the heart of faithfulness. It says, when I can't look ahead because it's too hard, or when what is ahead of me is keeping me stuck where I am, faithfulness says, I will do the next right thing. Now, if you're in a place where you don't see even just the next thing, I want to encourage you to talk to someone about it. Find a friend who is wise and caring and share with them that you need help taking that next step. 
Uh, We also every week have people down by the cross who want to pray with you to help you find God's perspective to move you into the next right thing. Uh, We also have the connections area that we always want to send you to so that we can help you find connection to people who will move you forward. Uh, Because at the end of the day, that's what faithfulness is about. The next right thing. And then the next day, doing the next right thing. And then the next day, doing the next right thing. So I just want to recap what we've gone over today. We can build our faith by seeing God's faithful love for us in the Bible. And here's how. Discover that the main message of Scripture is God's faithful love and use the gospel as a filter for your life. Now, before we close, I want to end with one more promise from God. Uh, In the book of Philippians, it says this, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So wherever you find yourself today on that continuum of faith, whatever you're going through, God is there. God is at work. And he will keep faithfully working in that space until Jesus Christ comes again. You can rest in that certainty. You can move to your next right thing in that certainty. So if you would please stand up here and over at our Torrance campus, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer today. (sighs) Dear God, thank you for modeling perfect faithfulness. And thank you that even though we know that there will be hard things in this life, there are hard things ahead of us, even today, that you are there and all we need to do is find you and rest in you and pray that you would guide us to do the next right thing. Fill us with your love. Fill us with that strength that only you can give so that we would be able to continue to grow our faith and our love and our understanding of who you are and what you have planned for us. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming today. We hope to see you back next week.